0: The 920 KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.
1: At uh, 6.05, we're going to share with you Ingrid Pierce's recent trip to Antarctica and South America. Between now and then, I propose to celebrate and honor the life of Tom Matson, who passed away Friday morning at the age of 92. Now, for those of you who are new to the area, who are new to the show, you may not know the name Tom Matson. So let me just start off with an overview. I believe Tom joined the KVEC family after a long career in broadcasting all over the West. I believe he joined us in like the summer of 1998. And until he headed up to Sacramento, he was part of the KVEC family in any number of capacities. He was our news director for a short time. He was the co-host of a Saturday morning show called Senior Moments with Carl Beck. He co-anchored the noon news. He did the morning news sometimes. He was my producer for about six years. If, If there was a job to do at KVEC, Tom did it. If that still doesn't mean anything to you, let me share with you a little snippet of Tom on the
2: radio. How do we do that, Craig? Hit it twice. You got the volume up? Yep. Your up? Is, yep. Is the line moving? Yep. Let me hop Let's, let's talk about traffic,
3: and I'm, I'll go along with you 100%. I live in a city now where there are three major highways going through it. Highway 80, east and west. Highway 50, east and west. And Highway 5, north and south. right, And they're all freeways as you drive through town. And they are all very heavily trafficked. But let me make an observation. There are anywhere from three to four lanes, depending on what section of the highway you're on. The left hand is usually the passing lane. I think you'll agree with me. Yeah. In a proper society, but what it has become is uh, risk your life and do a hundred mile an hour lane. <laughs> now, I like to travel at fairly safe speeds, and, and most of the time, I set my cruise somewhere between sixty-five and seventy. I have to stay in the right-hand lane because I'm holding up traffic. Otherwise,
1: that's the voice thinking about tom this weekend i jotted down a few words to describe him husband and father first and foremost you know that's what he was the proudest of foe so for good measure let's throw in grandfather and great-grandfather we don't want to leave them out radio broadcaster teacher church leader photographer korean war veteran cat lover, a fondness, a passion for jazz music, an equal passion for anything to do with books or reading. Tom was truly a renaissance man. Let me sketch out just a little bit about his life. Tom was a native son of California. He grew up down in L.A. in the Covina. Pasadena area. He has told the story about how he met Margie. I believe it was at like a church dance, a church function. And they knew that first day that they were going to be married. And they were together until Margie's passing. Tom spent three years serving his country in Korea. Something that he never ever talked about on this show. He went on to South Dakota, De- uh, not South Dakota, San Diego State University, where he studied broadcasting. And then he went on to further that by, I believe he went to the Don Martin Broadcast School in Los Angeles. And then you have to keep in mind what, the, uh, what we're talking about here. We're talking about the 1960s and the 1970s. And bouncing around California, uh, going from AM station to AM station. And what was that life like when you're married and you have four children? Well, there's no way that Tom could support a family on just what he made in radio. <laughs> you think it's bad now. <laughs> so what Tom would do is that he would um, take a job at a market and he'd Get his assignment. What was he going to do? Was he going to do the morning news? Was he going to do the all-night shift? Whatever whatever he was going to do at the radio station, that came first. And then he would go out and he'd get another job, whether it was running the local animal shelter or um, managing the radio shack like he did up at a Atascadero for a few years. He always had another job because you just couldn't depend upon radio to make a living. I think um, the zenith of his radio career prior to coming to KVEC was his years in Salt Lake City, where in at least one gig, he was the overnight guy. And how jealous I am that Tom Matson got to do overnights. I always thought that that would be the best job in radio. I don't know, start at 11 p.m., midnight, and just go through the wee hours. And Margie would come in with him and keep him company, and he'd play music, he'd play his jazz, and he'd talk to people and take phone calls. And those were the days when you could turn on the radio at 1 a.m. and still hear a live voice. But California called him back, and he took a job in Santa Maria. And so he and Margie moved to Santa Maria. And anybody who's worked in radio shouldn't be surprised by this. He gets to Santa Maria and he reports to work. And guess what? There's no job. (laughs) They changed their minds, But Tom had moved out here. So he went out and he got a job at Radio Shack. And I don't know how he first made the connection to us. But I first met Tom... In the summer of 1998, in those days, we're in the old house on Truro Street, and that house had two primary advantages. Number one, you had a guaranteed free parking space 24-7 on Truro Street, and you also had 24-7 access to a bathroom, <laughs> and that's how I met Todd, because we were downtown, and we were coming back to our car, and I had to use the restroom, and there's a guy who Of course, it's Tom. He's reading a book, and he's doing the Dodger game. So I went in and introduced myself. And before I know it, Tom is the news director. And then in 2000, he became my producer. I would think that Tom's proudest moment in his years at KVEC was back in 2003 with the tragedy of the Paso Robles earthquake. And Tom at the time was co-anchoring the noon News Watch. We used to have a noon news hour back in the day. And Tom and Jim Richards went on the air with our live coverage. It was stellar. They got the job done. And the old newsman, it kicked in. I have so many memories of Tom. I remember when he would do his traffic reports, and the traffic was light. He would always use the phrase, it's all skate. And of course, being the dunnerhead that I am, I had no idea what he was talking about. He reminded me at the roller rink, at the ice skating rink. Everybody could go skating together. It was a time for an all-skate. And that's how he got people home. I remember when um, Tom had to come in the booth because we had a woman who claimed to be a journalist who uh, wouldn't answer any of my questions and was just being obnoxious. And I had to stop the show and kick her off the air. And Tom came in And told the woman that if she didn't leave, he was going to have to call security. I've been doing this job for 32 years. And if you ask me about the peak of this show, the halcyon days, without hesitation, I would tell you that it would be between 2003 and 2007. One, we were Clear Channel. And I know that they're a controversial comp- company, but I love them. Oh, Lord, I love them. It was such a rewarding experience to work for that company and that management team. But you'd walk in the building and it was just alive with people and we had all these employees and all these salespeople and we had parties and sales bonuses and it was just... But then, at the same time... Our show was really intense because what was going on then? The Iraq War. And this is where Tom was the biggest help to me that I could imagine. Because Tom, of the five producers I've had, Tom is the only one who was a military veteran. He's the only one who had seen combat. And Tom and I were in agreement from the very beginning that we were both opposed to the war in Iraq. We just thought it was a terrible idea. But at the time, in 2003, 2004, outside of NPR or Air America, you weren't hearing those voices. No, no, no. It was people who were gung-ho to go into Iraq... In yellow cake, and weapons of mass destruction, blah, 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 blah. And Tom and I had to sit here, show after show, and have our patriotism questioned. And I get it with me, but you're going to question the patriotism of a guy who served in Korea? And Tom gave me so much cover in those critical days. And helped me find my voice to take an unpopular position and he backed me to the hilt we've told the story before about michelle dostaire herself a controversial guest and how she was coming down one day and uh, she got death threats and we had to evacuate the building and it was just really bizarro times by the way did we ever find those weapons of mass destruction how did that turn out And I so appreciated Tom, especially at that point. He was the perfect producer for the time. I also like to think that I just learned a lot from Tom. Because, I mean, he was was the real deal. You know me, I'm the pretender. Burned out college professor, talked my way into this job. This is the only radio job I've ever had. Tom came to me with decades of experience working in markets all over California and Utah. And he supported me. And, you know, it just makes a difference. Because prior to Tom, I was just on my own. In Charles Street, I didn't have a producer. And so when Tom came along and we, we created that dynamic... And we reshaped the show, I thought we took a great step forward that has allowed us to continue to this day, long after Tom retired. I'm getting way behind. I'm just talking a little bit about my friend uh, Tom Matson. Still so to come on this broadcast, we're going to hear from John Lindsay and Marty Hall and Carl Beck a little bit later on. We'll give you a chance to talk as well. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. Let's
3: let's talk about traffic, and I, I, I'll go along with you 100%. I live in a city now where there are three major highways going through it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: here's... Uh, Here's Craig Hill. Craig, you you got to click on this the next track. Yeah, I'll get there. Talk about Tom. Uh, well, I remember when I first came in. I mean, uh, Tom was a fixture at, at KVEC, even though I, I he was retired by that point, but he was still always omnipresent, and uh, he would call in from time to time to and to not be on air, but just to tell me, you know, hey, you need to enunciate more when you do the call letters. <laughs> You know, he would uh, do that or slow down on your reads, you know, things like that, little technical elements. And uh, it it was always nice hearing. And if you ever noticed, probably about four years ago, I started going KVEC and I just started really clarifying it. And from time to time, I would answer the phone, Kilo Victor Echo Charlie, you know, if if I knew he was calling in to do the, you know, do it that way just for him. And uh, he always got a chuckle out of that.
1: All right. Let's hear a little bit more of Tom if I don't screw this up. Let's talk about traffic. No, oh, you no got to click on the
2: new thing. I There's... did.
1: It's the honor flight to Washington.
2: Did I? No. This Man, is... Maybe i live a little... <laughs> click on something else. Let's right. see what happens. Let's talk about traffic. All no, three I, are the same? All three are you. the same. Did you, are you double 100%. clicking on them?
3: I live in a city now. Hold on.
2: Let me get in
1: there. Yeah. No. Uh, never mind. Craig, never mind. Tom is laughing somewhere right now. now. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got John Lindsay.
4: John, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good, Dave. How are you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing okay. Well, th- but this is, this is typical. Tom would, Tom would be roaring right now.
2: Yeah. Right?
4: By the way, We're are good. you double-clicking? Yeah.
2: Like, click, click on on the, on the next thing. Two clicks on the mouse.
3: I, I, I'll go along with you. On the, with the no, mouse. No. This, here. this screw it
1: now one of the re- one of the reasons i wanted you here today John, is that the reason you're here at k v e c is because of tom
4: yeah yeah tell the story well I, I you know um ben greenway was uh was your your producer at, at that time I, I believe he was the news director news director and um, we met and he asked if I could contact Tom about calling up and maybe doing the weather, and and I called up Tom, and Tom was thrilled, and uh, that's how it all started, Dave. And um, yeah, great guy, and, and I kind of remembered Tom from Santa Rosa KSRO Radio fourteen forty
1: because you heard him. Before you knew him, oh yeah, you heard him on the radio.
4: Yeah, well, in Santa Rosa when I was growing up back in the nineteen seventies, uh, um, he was on KSRO KSRO radio uh, fourteen forty in Santa Rosa. Their studio was in Cottingtown off Mendocino Avenue, if you could picture that. And he just had such a distinctive and warm and calming voice that it really impacted me.
1: Well, I guess here's a guy that you listened to in the 1970s and you remembered that in the early 2000s.
4: Yeah. I mean, can can you imagine that? And um, just, you know, um, I, I lost my dad back in 1988, and he was such a father figure to me. I think he was for a lot of people. He was just a, a wonderful husband and an awesome dad, and his voice was so calming and so reassuring that if he was in the room, nothing could go wrong and everything was right. That's the impression always had of Tom. And it still resonates with me when he would, after his retirement, he would call you up. I I would just got such a warm feeling inside listening to his voice. Um, Absolutely resonated with me uh, from the from my heart. And uh, uh, so many wonderful memories of Tom going to restaurants, having lunch. Uh, Tom and, and Margie were, were always there. And um, whatever problems or issues that you had, um, he would say a few words and make you feel a lot better and, and know that everything was going to be good. Of course,
1: the classic has to be the uh, Breakin' Library trip.
4: Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> Fall well, in Pastor Doug too. That yeah. was that was all. all well, Pastor all the best. Doug was on that trip. But
1: yeah, yeah, yep. Um Tom took all the photos. You,
4: you and you
1: and Tom were the official photographers of all of our trips.
4: Yeah, pretty much. And um, yeah, just just a wonderful guy. I, I could see why. He was on radio so often because he just had such a wonderful, wonderful voice. And I'm sure that all your listeners could concur with that.
1: He had the great voice, but I also go back to my point about Tom being a Renaissance man, Mm -hmm. is that he was so well read. And he had done so many things in his life that not only did he have an opinion on everything, he had knowledge about everything.
4: He, he did. And that was reflective. And you were right. I, I mean, when you and Tom were against the Iraqi war, you know, a lot of people were all for it. I, I, I mean, from Colin Powell, who got sucked into it, unfortunately, with, with bad, bad in, you know, intel that there was these weapons of mass destruction. And you were the two voices who were said, this is not a good idea. And sure enough, it turned out to be a terrible idea. And, um, and
1: I don't think I could have done that, though. I don't think I could have had that strong a voice without Tom's support because he was a Korean War veteran. Yeah. And, and he agreed with me from the very beginning.
4: He did. And um, he always had a lot of wonderful Navy stories that he told me. Didn't um, he come down to see you
1: when you were retired?
4: yeah so we had a retirement ceremony down in point magoo at vp65 and tom and margie came to my retirement ceremony and i was really honored for them to be there and uh yeah it was just tom was just uh, and that's a long drive to go all the way down the point magoo and here's tom and margie just uh, amazing but he had that military ethos I think that that really served him well in a lot of situations. And that was especially true with his opposition towards the Iraqi war.
1: When uh, the last time I saw Tom was he came down on the train when Cy Tenenberg got a special honor. It was a luncheon for Cy. And Tom came all the way down from Sacramento to be at that luncheon.
4: Yep, that's Tom.
1: And he and I went together. And that's the last time I saw him.
4: Yeah, and I think the last time I saw him was we went out and got lunch, and this is after after Margie had passed away, so. Um, and
1: then he was just on the show two weeks ago Friday. Yep. And you know, I just had the trouble here with the, the sound clips. We had trouble that day because Tom forgot to call in the first time ever that he's forgotten to call in on time, and we had we spent half of the twelve minutes. Trying to get him, and then when we finally got him, it just everything was rushed and that's the last time I talked to him yeah I feel so bad about it
4: yeah well I you know I, I think because he was so positive and so loving, um, you couldn't have a more fuller life than what Tom had all right,
1: off we go we've got news traffic weather Marty Hall joins us afterwards. We'll keep talking, welcome your phone calls. This is hometown radio.
3: As long as we're on the subject of seniors uh, and and lack of memory and, and everything else that associates with it, uh, that's one of my pet peeves. I recently came down to Morro Bay for a wedding uh, about a month and a half ago. I was just in there for one day and spent the night because I didn't want to make the round trip. That, that adds up to about 500 miles in one day with a wedding and a party thrown in between. And I was talking about it with some friends here in the park where I live. I live in a senior uh, club park. And (laughs) they said, you went where? And I said, I went to Morro Bay for a wedding. Oh, that's where you went. How did you get there? Did you take the train? I said, no. I drove down to my little pickup truck and had a wonderful day and, and, and drove back. You drove that far? As if. Going 250 miles is out of a 91-year-old's ability to do. Yeah,
1: but Tom, how many 91-year-olds are still driving?
3: Well, actually, quite a few. Really? Really? It's amazing. Uh, People are beginning to discover that seniors have not lost all control of their wits. Now, I may misplace my telephone. I may misplace my car keys. But I do uh, spend a a period of time behind the wheel. And when I'm behind the wheel, I concentrate on what I'm doing. I'm driving.
1: Late great Tom Matson who passed away Friday morning at the age of 92, Long uh, part of uh, KVC history since about 1998. John Lindsay continues with me, and look who's here—the one, the only, Marty Hall.
5: Hi, Marty. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for including me.
1: Uh, Producer number three on hometown radio, uh, 2008 to 2012. But before Mm -hmm. that, you were on the front desk. Yes. Yes. So you're about you got about 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 ten years in. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Talk about Tom. You called him Tom. Tom.
5: Yes, I did. Um that uh, TomTom was um, the navigational system that was renamed I had to look it up to make sure that I was calling it the right thing at the right time and 2003 um, the company officially changed their name to TomTom and there was all this advertisement so and I came to KVC well Clear Channel uh, 2003 um, didn't know what anything was as far as a smartphone TomTom and all that but I just picked it up and uh, always, that was my nickname for him. I never heard Tom this story Tom.
1: before. Yeah. I just heard the Tom-Tom. I thought it was because yeah. the, the alliteration.
5: Yeah, all right. no, that's how it all began. So
1: what do you think of when you think of Tom?
5: I, I can't help but smile. He, um, everything that everyone's been saying and posting and John, you know, your lead-in today, uh, he just had that presence about him. There was such a warmth. I mean, he just, it just emulated from him. And um, I think, too, what I appreciated about him that he was well read and that, you know, made for, you were, you two were a great team in that. You could find anything and everything to talk about, and when you have talk radio and need to fill some of those moments, sure you, <laughs> you and Tom were right on it. There, you were just perfect that way, um, and just that quiet. Uh, I was going to say quietness about him, and yet what I remember most is because I've been thinking about this. He was genuinely comfortable with who he was and he he could be silly there's there's a difference between being funny and being silly and tom was not afraid to be silly at at any moment and just make you laugh and that wonderful laugh of his um he he was genuine a genuine um
1: he had that deep throaty laugh
5: yes yes but and he loved to make people laugh, and he was silly, and um he used to sing to me from like old Lucille ball you know shows and things like that, just these one liners and as like a send off and um it was just something that he and I just kind of picked up on and um he was just wonderful company
4: mm-hmm.
5: just wonderful to be around
4: yep. Well, I, I, and also, you know, he taught at Cal Poly at right. the yes. School of Journalism, That's
1: right? And he taught Ben Greenaway. He and did. He taught uh, Rosa Del Duca. Remember mm-hmm. Rosa? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. They were both students of Tom Madsen. Yep.
5: Well, so. and see, he loved being around people of all ages. I did not know that he sat in on the Punk Show for New Rock.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that either. Yeah,
5: Jennifer Grant said he had a wicked sense of humor. Wow. <laughs> but Wait. that's the thing about him. He, he brought himself to every interaction, and he could interact with anybody at any level of seriousness to silliness, uh, young or old. Mm-hmm. He he was so adaptable.
1: Well, the other thing that struck me about Tom is that he clearly did not ever want to retire. I mean, mm-hmm. he worked mm-hmm. well into his 80s. Yep. And
4: he was doing the job. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, he was such a, a ralph of. Not- He had so much, such a tremendous knowledge base. I I would talk to Tom about electronics, right? Because that's what he did in in the Navy. Mm -hmm. And talk about stereo equipment. He was really passionate about his jazz, as you all know. yes. Yes. And his vinyl collection. And, and, uh, Boy, he really knew his uh, amplifiers and preamps and turntables (laughs) and equalizers. (laughs) He got to see uh,
1: Dave Brubeck. Dave Brubeck came to Cal Poly Mm. for a concert, and Tom got to go. Mm. And he talked about it for months. Wow! But he was able to break down exactly what Brubeck was doing at the piano and what made it so special.
6: Wow.
5: (laughs) Yes, but he made it interesting, no matter what it was. And I do remember uh amplifiers and all those things too john mm-hmm. just i would just sit there and was kind of like tell me more let's pick a, a subject out of a dictionary sure. and tell me more about it but yeah. yeah his jazz and i think you hit upon it he was so knowledgeable
1: when
4: you heard him up in the center was he doing news was he a news guy or a dj um he was both both up in ksro he he did both and he um
7: of course <laughs> of course. <laughs>
4: I remember him playing your song, right, and and he said uh, he said well, he played two Elton John uh, two Elton John songs. It was your song and someone saved my life. Someone saved my life tonight, right? And he goes, okay, he played someone saved my life tonight, and he goes now for some oldie moldy Elton John. Here's your song, and I always remember that. So, I mean, so he had
1: that sense of humor even when he because I, I never heard him as a DJ.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and, and he had apparently DJed all over the country, mm-hmm. evidently. But yeah. what a great thing to stumble upon Tom again here in, in San Luis Obispo.
1: Well, I'm also struck by the fact that he died on the eve of National DJ Day. Yes. Oh, jeez! Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. All these mm-hmm. DJs are posting mm-hmm. different memories and photos of themselves. And I'm thinking, oh, this is when Tom chose to leave us.
4: Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. To the
5: big DJ in the sky.
1: Marty Hall, John Lindsay on this broadcast. Let's take the break. We'll come back. We'll open up the phone lines and fire up the Stolberg text line and see if you want to call in and talk a little about Tom. We're live. We're local. It's a very special edition of Hometown Radio. Our own Tom Matson is just back because he went on an honor
3: flight. Good afternoon, David. How are you doing? Well, good, sir. So how was it, Tom? Uh, Beyond expectations, by a factor of 10.
1: Good. I want to hear all about it. But first, how did you get selected? Did you have to apply for this?
3: Uh, yes, you do have to apply. Uh, there are chapters uh, throughout the United States. In fact, it was kind of a coincidence, as we were on our tour, uh, we ran into another chapter from uh, New Jersey. And they had bust down from New Jersey. It was a large group. Uh, We were 27 people, all told, uh, plus uh, the guardians. The program works because every veteran has a guardian. The guardian helps them. uh, Like, for instance, uh, I'm in a wheelchair now for that kind of an event. I'm still walking, but not that well. And I'm wheelchaired everywhere. It makes it a lot easier for me. I can... uh, really enjoy things and might not carry the camera and uh, just have a wonderful time and carefree time
1: Tom Manson who was on the honor flight in recognition of his service in Korea as we continue with Marty Hall and John Lindsay on the Stolberg line Ingrid checks in hey Ingrid last time I saw Tom was when Tony and I went up to Sacramento for his and Margie's last anniversary party I talked to him by phone occasionally and always felt cuddled by that wonderful voice and big spirit of his. By the way, Tom always called my husband, both navy veterans, a landlubber because Tony was in the air branch and in 4 years never set foot aboard ship. Do you understand that, John?
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was probably sounds like he was in P3 Orions or or something, you know, but yeah, you got a lot of sailors who never go out to sea, but Tom did.
1: All right, we're just paying tribute to Tom Matson. Do you want to join us? Anything you want to say? I know we have a lot of the Matson family members listening up in Northern California. So we open up the phone lines, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832, 800-549-KVEC, if you want in on the conversation. Or feel free to send us a text message on the Stolberg line. And Marty, before you got here, we we're talking about what I call the Halcyon days, and you were there, uh, two thousand three to two thousand seven. Those were really special days.
5: Oh, absolutely. Um, I appreciate the opportunity that I had to even be among the radio people. I call them the cool, quirky kids, and uh, and then have the opportunity. Thank you, Dave, to be on the air. But there's something very special about the radio environment.
1: We go to Susan in San Luis on KVEC. Hey, Susan.
8: Hey, hi, 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 Susan. Hi, John. Hi, Marty. Hey, Susan. Um, Thanks for having this time to talk about Tom. I never met him in person, but he's somebody I feel like I knew him in some way. Mm -hmm. And the one, the most important word I was thinking about. Uh, to describe him for myself is inspiring, Um, which is even more remarkable since I never met him in person. But I moved here Halloween 2003, and I was lucky enough to be told by various people, you've got to tune in to Hometown Radio and Air America. I believe Air America was on then as well. And um, So I did, and when the earthquake happened, I just bonded with your voice, Dave, and with Tom's voice. It was like a sense of security in a time of not really feeling very secure. I had just moved here. I didn't know anybody. And I just stayed with you all, and I got to know Margie through Tom being on. And when Margie died, I thought, "He's. Oh, I just wonder if he's going to make it without her, and, and then when he had to move or when he chose to move from San Luis Obispo to Sacramento, that's a big move, like, for somebody older, and I just found him so inspiring because he kept living, and he kept enjoying his life, and he, like Marty said, genuine is the next word, inspiring and genuine There's a thoroughly genuine man, and I just so appreciate having met him through Hometown Radio, and just thank you for talking about him today. I was so sad the other day when I heard he died.
1: Well, well, How kind of you, Susan, Mm -hmm. but stay with us a second, please. I'm also struck by what Susan's saying about Tom and Margie being so close, but Tom did live several years without her, which surprised me Mm -hmm. because they were so close.
4: Yeah, but the reason why he moved up to Sacramento was to be with his family. children. Yeah. yeah, his family. And I, I think that explains it right there. Yeah. Um, just, he, oh my gosh, what a dad, what a father. He right. loved his kids so much. Always he talking was, about him. He was so proud of his kids and they gave him such immense joy that, yeah, it must have been tragic, heartbreaking, indescribable to lose his wife for for decades. But I think his family really, really kept them going because he was so in love with, with his kids and yeah. rightfully so.
1: Absolutely. Susan, anything else you want to say?
8: Well, just one more quick thing is just another reason to be inspired by him when he moved to the senior place. Like if he couldn't walk very well, he rode a scooter. You know, he was always meeting his neighbors. He just he was always reaching out, if only I can be like that as I get older, if only all of us could be like Tom.
1: Yeah. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, right around the time he called into the show, there was a big luncheon. Uh, there was a restaurant right across from his mobile home park. Yeah. And they went to, the, there were like 20 people yep. together, and Tom organized it.
4: Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's that's yeah. Tom to so. a T. That's yeah. Tom. That's Tom. <laughs> that is, and you know another aspect about Tom is um, the Lost at Sea ceremony there in Cayucas okay, he on, was there on every Memorial year. Day, yeah every year yeah. he was there.: And he gave this some really remarkable speeches, you know, in, in, front, in front of all the people there, and that was a really noble thing for Tom to do.
1: All right, Susan, thanks for checking in. Uh, we're joined now. We've got one of Tom's granddaughters checking in. here's Eva, Eva, good afternoon
9: hi everybody
1: i'm hi eva i'm hi, eva.
9: so hard to not cry
1: well go ahead and cry it's fine <laughs> crying's all out here
9: said the most wonderful things about grandpa <laughs> oh it just lost my heart well he, <laughs> he was, was that wonderful
1: he was that wonderful as you know
9: yeah yeah he was my buddy he really was my best buddy i tell people that and the moment my coworkers found out on Friday they were so wonderful they came to my class they made sure I had substitutes to cover my day and they were so wonderful they said the most wonderful things about my grandpa and they didn't know him but they knew him through me because he was really really truly my best buddy and we got to do some of the most wacky things together and I I'm so sorry you guys missed him when he moved but I'm so glad that he moved so close.
1: Give me a wacky thing. Give me a wacky thing the two of you did together.
9: Uh, well, one of my favorite stories is, uh, driving to Woodland. It was when grandma was still with us. She was at her, her medical home. She was staying at
10: mm-hmm.
9: him and I decided we were going to go to the movie and, um, he wasn't really here in Northern California for too terribly long, but he was grandpa and he knew exactly where he was going. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh he got us lost (laughs) (laughs) and we wound up in a parking lot in the dark and I said grandpa I love you get in the passenger seat I'm driving
5: (laughs) oh see Eva he needed that (laughs) (laughs) tom-tom
9: he goes oh I guess you might know the area a bit better I said well grandpa I've lived here my whole life of course I do (laughs) wow
4: (laughs) but I gotta tell you
9: that that traffic story he told you, my mom and I got a good chuckle out of that. I don't know how early into living in Sacramento he told you guys he drove seventy miles an hour, but my son, who's sixteen now, wow. um, his great grandson, drove with him down to had a little British pub he loved, um, and the restaurant you guys are thinking of is Epi's. Eppies. Went there every Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's with it. The yep. yep,
1: yep, yep. Epi's.
9: And uh, but he, we were going to the British pub. And I said, Oh why don't you just ride with, with great-grandpa? And he's like, okay. He hopped in, and we got to the restaurant. He said, Mom, don't make me do that again. Grandpa drives too fast.
1: <laughs> we, it's funny, because we tease Tom about that all the time, because we both lived in South County, and we would leave at the same time, and without fail... Tom would Zoom by me (laughs) on the way home on his way to Panda Express. Yeah. He he wanted to go to Panda Express and get food for him and Margie, Uh but he had a lead, lead foot.
9: Oh, yeah. For him to say he was doing 65, 70, there's no way.
1: (laughs) See, we got her laughing. We got her laughing.
5: Well, yeah. Lots of of good memories about um, Tom. Yeah. Wonderful.
1: Oh, there you are. he spoils all his kids. All -hmm. right, Eva, I've got a news break coming up, but thank you so much for calling. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Wonderful to hear from you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig will update us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. And we'll take more of your phone calls and continue our conversation with Marty Hall and John Lindsay as we pay tribute to the late, great Tom Matson, who we lost last Friday at the age of 92. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Monday. Just joining us, we're talking about the late, great uh, Tom Mattson, a very important part of KVEC since 1998. We get perspective from John Lindsay and Marty Hall. Now, this is an interesting text coming in on the Stolberg line. Lance Kinney is uh, listening up in uh, the state of Washington. Hey, Lance. Um, He texts in on the Stolberg line, Tom invited me to his house supposedly to give me something. I arrived and Mr. Matson sat me down and called out his wife to bring out some snacks. What transpired was a 3-hour discussion mostly one-sided on the current state of photography. I received a thorough and thoughtful recounting of all his cameras lenses and teachings he was on the edge of his chair and questioned me about the new digital age i left full of margie's cookies and realized i had sat with a giant of a man how kind of lance to write in and say that yeah yeah uh we're joined now here is tom's son john on the line john good afternoon
7: Hey, good afternoon, y'all. John. Hey John. Hey John. So how are you, John? You know, it's uh it's been an up and down time, you know, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, um yeah, I mean it, it's difficult at best, but you know, as I uh, been you know, I've been on the show as you know Dave over the over the years with dad and yep. you and yep. various topics and stuff and it's mm-hmm. been real enjoyable. I think all the way back to when I was a kid, I think it was probably about 1972, uh, Dad was a DJ, late, late night, kind of an underground show on KSFM here in the Sacramento area. And, uh, you know, he uh, had an intro song. It was like his song, it was Lou Donaldson's version, uh, everything I... Play gonna be funky from now on, <laughs> and
5: uh, yeah, I love it. You know, and I, I think
7: it. there was a jazz musician before him that actually I think was the uh, creator of the song, but Lou Donaldson's version is pretty, pretty snappy, pretty funky. We're we're actually gonna play that uh at the celebration of life nice. uh, this coming Friday. It'll it'll be the exit song. <laughs> oh. uh, Perfect, you know. Uh, I was thinking, you know, we we took him on his bucket list trip uh, to Disney World. Oh, that's right. October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know how dad is. You know, he can, you know, you put him in a, in a crowd, he will find people, and they will find him. And uh, my wife and I had gone into a coffee spot there uh, to get a, a cup of joe, and uh, I'm looking out the window, and it's like, is that out there you know dad, Well, dad's having a conversation with somebody and, <laughs> and as it turned out it was a disney employee um not not dressed in disney you know uniform or clothing but uh um dad had been given a gift by my older brother and and sister-in-law trish uh a hat uh a Korean War veteran hat with Mickey ears
4: oh, on it. Oh, wow! <laughs>
7: you know, so apparently they had spotted him coming through the gates, and as I guess uh, is a tradition each morning at rope drop there at the 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 uh, you know the kingdom, um, they look for a veteran to honor a veteran for veteran wow. of the day.
6: Wow! And so
7: I guess they had spotted Dad, and uh, they're having a conversation and. um kind of picking his brain about stuff, just having some you know nice conversation. and We didn't know anything was up. And then about an hour later, we're standing in, in another area of the park, and my wife had kind of noticed this gal that had been talking with us there kind of stalking us, but we weren't too sure what that was about. And then about 10 minutes later, she pulls up with somebody else, and it turned out to be the person that was responsible for honoring the veteran of the day wow and, uh, oh, that's they great put together yeah they put together a whole thing where at the flag lowering uh the later in you know in the day the end of the day um they uh honored my dad as veteran of the day the the marching band the military color guard they all came out lowered the flag folded it up and wow uh, presented it to my dad and Took him down Main Street with the full, you know, band fanfare, and uh, honored, honored my dad in a ceremony. You know, so
4: so she, glad that was able pretty- to happen for him. Ah, John, that's that's great. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. like I said before, I was so honored to have your dad and your mom come down to my retirement ceremony at VP 65 at Point Magoo. That, I was yeah. so honored right? for him to be there. And I said all the all the times he was at Lost at Sea ceremony. Really special. Yeah. Right. All right,
1: John, thank you so much for calling in. We so appreciate it. Your dad was such a great man. Thank you.
4: Thank you, John.
1: 805-543-8830, 800-549-5832, as we talk about Tom Matson, Here's Robin in Los Osos. Hi, Robin. Oh, Robin.
10: Hi, Hi everyone. Hi, Hi, Robin. Robin. To honor such an incredible man, Tom was truly a legend in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, you know, every time I would call in, every time I'd come in, he wanted to talk to me and ask me about my kids and my husband, and then he wanted to talk about his kids and Margie, and always just glowing with pride. And that love just showed through everything he did. He was just a very compassionate, caring person, and it was evident. And... I I loved talking old radio with him. I grew up in the sixties and seventies listening to Los Angeles radio and we would talk about DJs we remembered and talk radio show hosts we remembered from Los Angeles, from KFI and he just I mean, he was just such a fountain of knowledge.
9: It was mm-hmm. incredible.
1: And he came of age and he worked when radio was at its prime in the sixty AM radio at least in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Sure. He experienced it firsthand. Yeah.
10: And he was, I was going to say, he was so generous with his knowledge without being obnoxious or pushy or a know-it-all. It It was just Mm -hmm. fascinating Mm -hmm. to listen to him.
4: Oh, I just couldn't agree with you more robin uh, i it just he it, it was just such a joy to 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 listen to i, I and i do hark back at a lot of the, the the older uh djs like from kfrc you know with dr don rose and uh, and kgo with with all those marvelous guys um it's just you know, Dan Rottenberg, just on and on and on, and and he was part of that scene. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome, so, Robin. Yes,
5: going, Oh, sorry, going so back to family, like you were saying, Robin. Uh, that's one thing that I appreciated about Tom. He always asked me about all my sisters. You know, and yeah. it was in a very genuine and sincere way. He really wanted to know um, how yes. things were going with people.
10: Yep. He, he truly did he just he had such a big heart mm-hmm. and i know when when margie passed i was just so broken-hearted for him i know but it was so difficult but then you know he carried on and i love this yes. little post about everybody meet at epi's true to form he was you know the event planner director <laughs> to the very end and it was just so perfect for who he The way he lived his life and the big heart
5: that he had. I know. I always wanted to show up at (laughs) Eppie's.
10: I know. I
1: I got to have lunch with him there one time when I went up uh, to Chico. I stopped by and saw him on the way back, and he took me to lunch at (laughs) Eppie's. Oh, my gosh. So I've been there. Robin, good to hear from you.
4: Thank you, Robin.
1: So pleased to hear from Frank Sheehan, former owner of KVEC. Frank, how are you today?
0: Good afternoon, David. Hi, Frank. I'm a little saddened that uh we don't have Tom anymore but it, he just reminds me of how much of a family uh AM radio has created and and how people have memories that just go on and persist and it becomes such a family um it's it's amazing and I think back to hiring, uh, of course, Danny did the hiring at that time. He was the general manager. I, ju- I just owned it and paid the bills.
1: Yeah, Danny Clarkson, <laughs> right? Hmm.
0: Danny Clarkson. That's right. Yes. Uh, Dan's passed uh, a few years ago. But, um, you know, KBEC has been around a long time. And uh, we have generated a lot of talent and a lot of people that memories will exist forever. Um, And it's just really fun. It's part of the community. I I sure hope so, Craig. Yeah, well, I don't think there's any question. I mean, they're talking about uh, doing things with AM radio, but uh, I can't believe the public will let that happen.
4: No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah, the the good that Dave and and Tom and, and the John station and Marty and, have, and Craig, all yeah, everyone, <laughs> it, 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 the the amount of good that that this station has done for the community is, I, I mean, you think of all the four hundred one k's. We're here to talk about Tom. I, I but that was Tom's deal. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he supported more nonprofits that could you know, stake a or sh- shake a stick at. That's and true. I just that's he was so community orientated and doing good for other people. Frank, I, anything else you want to say about Tom?
0: Well, I just think that uh, you know Tom and KVEC and yourself and and it's part of of our community that will live on. And uh, I, I, I'm going to miss Tom. I, I know he moved up to Sacramento, and I would hear him primarily through your show, uh, particularly uh, uh, you know when he would call in and, and you'd discuss whatever current events were going on. But uh, anyway, uh, Tom, we love you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank, good to hear from you. Thank you. I have a confession to make. Okay. If you've seen my movie, Authors Anonymous, mm-hmm. Dennis mm-hmm. Farina... Yeah. It based that on Tom.
4: Oh, no kidding. <laughs> huh.
1: That whole character was based on Tom. Wow. The military veteran.
4: Mm-hmm. Wants sure. wants to
1: publish. Yep. Um, that was Tom.
4: Oh, my gosh.
1: Interesting. Uh, we'll come back for a final segment with John Lindsay and Marty Hall. We're live. We're local. We're hometown radio. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Carl Beck joins us after news at the top of the hour. We're putting um, Tom Matson in the spotlight. We lost Tom last Friday. He just turned 92. Long and distinguished career in broadcasting, uh, particularly anchored by 20 years plus with KVEC in various capacities. John Lindsay and Marty Hall join me. If you want in on the conversation, we'd like to hear from you now, please. 805 543-8830 Five four three eight eight three zero, or eight hundred five four nine five eight three two. Is there anything you want to say about Tom? This is a story you wanted to tell, Marty?
5: Um, yes, um, a lot of um, the stories that we're telling are, are the warmth and um, how Tom was a you know a steady character, uh, and particularly with Susan leading off about the the earthquake. And how he um, was this calmness and like uh, John, you know that military training and bearing kicked in. He just did what needed to be done at the time and help. You know, was the voice uh, out there on the on the air. And I flashed on as far as coming on the show. The only time I've ever seen Tom. Not Tom, not the you know the other spectrum,
1: the other part of Tom
5: <laughs> when just this one moment, uh, I was the receptionist out front uh, at Clear Channel for the four stations, and at the time um, i didn 't have the show on. I had one of the other music stations on playing in the lobby, sorry. Mm-hmm. And because I really missed it, what I happened. I was on vacation. Yes, you yeah. were on vacation. Tom was filling in, and Lanny Silver was his guest. Uh, guest and, host. Oh, guest host, right. yes.
1: And she was interviewing a woman from Cal Poly.
5: Yes, and that person was telling a story, and within that story, someone uh, let go with a lot of expletives.
1: It, particularly the MF
5: And this came on over the air, and I missed it. But anyway, Tom comes out of the studio, and he is just, you know, hair's on end, and I'm like, and he's just... Uh, lost that cool composure, and I'm like, what's happening? And he goes, oh, my goodness, and he's talking to himself, and he goes, we're going to lose the license, and he was just, yeah. and I'm sure he was thinking, you know, Dave's on vacation, and I've just blown um,
1: up the whole studio. I'm on vacation, and Lanny Silver, <laughs> I think it's her very first guest of the very first show she's doing. This She was a professor from Cal Poly. She just dropped the MF word.
5: It, in telling a story. Right. And the young guy that was in the booth didn't. He froze. The, yeah.
1: He froze because he couldn't believe she was saying that word and he didn't bleep her. And it went out over the air. Over the air. Oh, so we've heard from. Uh, one of Tom's sons. We've heard from a granddaughter. Let's reach a new generation. Here is great-granddaughter Emory Emery, Emery, Emery check in. Emery, how are you? Hey, Emery.
11: I'm good. How, how
1: are you? There? We're good. Thanks for joining us. We're sorry for your loss. Yes. Yes.
11: Oh, that's all right. He's in a good place.
1: Let's hope so. So, go. he's
11: with Margie.
1: Yeah, uh, talk he's about your Margie. relationship with Tom.
11: Well, I am his oldest great-granddaughter. Um you know, he never, we didn't really get to hang out much when I was younger, but he sure did make up for it when uh they moved to Sacramento and
0: nice.
11: got to spend a lot of time with him and create amazing memories. I remember his favorite time to hang out with all of us is, when we would just simply just go over and just hang out and just talk. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved taking us to Epi's. I know we were talking about that earlier.
6: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I've got to check
9: um, out Oh, you know, it's great place. Yeah, it's like Cocos. He brought us to <laughs> yeah. a
11: new British pub, too. So he loved taking us <laughs> new places and taking us places where he loved and always showed us off to everybody. And remember, he always told people how proud of me He was, um, so that's something that I will definitely always remember about him.
1: Well, as John was saying earlier, he was always breaking on his family. Oh yeah, always breaking on his family,
4: and in mm-hmm. a really good way. Yeah, I, I mean he just totally he had so much love for all of you and for everybody. But boy, he 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 lived for Margie and he lived for his kids and his grandkids and his great grandkids. Well, and it shows. It
5: show, yes, <laughs> but it showed in those pictures that he. He posted on Facebook um, all those family photos, the one um, there at Disneyland, and, and just didn't matter what the get together was, you're all beaming. I mean, you can yeah. tell there is so much love, and it's just generating. You couldn't help but uh, smile. From Tom and, and Margie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emery, what else you want to say?
5: Um, well, I just wanted to thank you
11: guys so much for, you know, dedicating um, this time for people to come on here and talk about him. It really means a lot. So
4: oh, just wanted to course. thank you guys.
11: Thank you. And um, I'm so grateful that he made so many people's lives that much better. Mm-hmm.
4: He, he really did. did. He
1: did. Emery, Definitely. thank you very much. 805-543-8830, 800-549-5832. Bob is in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Dave. Marty and John. Hi, Bob. Bob. Bob.
6: You know, the one thing that uh, Tom Madsen, in my mind, represented was the epitome of the greatest generation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The man was selfless. He was confident. He had a quiet confidence about him. He wasn't boastful. Mm -hmm. He knew his stuff, and he did not suffer fools lightly at least what I could see in my interactions with him and observe, observation, mm-hmm. uh, met him and, uh, with you and uh, Dave at the uh, airport when you guys were doing a remote broadcast. Oh yeah. yeah First yeah, time yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I met him in person. I uh, certainly appreciated his ability to cut through the chafe when, uh, you know, having discussions and whatnot, uh, not one to overly flowerly describe stuff, you know. He would tell you the bare bones, you know, uh, very uh... cut and dried. I think it was his economy of words was based on his training and years of radio.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but Do Bob, you know, Bob, you Bob, you were with us back in the day when the Iraq War was at a fever pitch, and you know, we're not going to mention any names. We know who they are calling in and defending Bush. And our invasion and coming after all of us who dared to challenge those were bizarre times
6: they were and you know the mm-hmm. uh, you know you you had to deal with the death threats from Michelle Doster but there were lots of people that were very very adamant that if you didn't support the president you were somehow less of an American
4: yeah mm-hmm. and Tom had that he had that problem right. Yeah. And here, here is a, a Navy veteran who fought in Korea. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable.
6: It's
1: the crazy world of talk radio.
4: Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to say, Bob? No, uh, I'm just uh, appreciate. Uh, I haven't been able to listen to everything because I'm working today. But that was. Uh, it's nice to hear his his children talking about how much they understood his influence. Uh, was out over so many different people in so many different areas and it's good that a you know a family can know what their parent was a a, you know actually representing out there to the world
1: yeah well said bob thanks for checking in and a huge impact
4: very good
1: and he was working on his memoir i don't know how far along he got
4: but huh. well, well, you know, he would, when he would call
1: in, he would have updates about mm-hmm. how many pages he, because he was telling his life story.
4: Yes, sure, sure. I, I, I got a feeling. Oh, in in my belief dave i, I know that he's looking down at us and he's got the biggest smile that you could ever imagine you can almost i could feel his presence here hmm. so there there you go
1: oh, we we can't wrap this up though without mentioning his cats yes i mean was archie. It Arch, archie archie was archie was the cat that would go for rides yes, in the car, in the car. Mm-hmm. Right? i love that he was always Picture and he, he he brought in photos yes he had a cat archie that insisted on going for rides in the car every day. Sure. And if Tom and Margie went anywhere, Archie had to come with them. Yeah. He got in and wasn't in a crate.
4: The cat just yeah. got in the car. What a great memory and, that is. And
5: yeah, he, if he got in that spot, that was it, you know. Yeah. And then,
4: David, <laughs> from my memory, though, didn't he have a Cadillac? Did he drive around? He, had, he a, had a number uh, of cars. Okay. He's like I mean, Craig. Craig, do you remember what kind of car he had? I do not know. Yeah. I, I think he had like a, a white Cadillac that he would drive. He had around. that. Somehow, but then he had, a, yeah. he had a Jeep. And he had a pickup truck, I, I believe. He had a truck. Yeah. He collected cars.
5: No, but I think the, the image I have is Archie in a long white car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I think in that's the passenger it was. seat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure
5: he would drive it if he could. Yeah. You
4: know,
5: <laughs> <laughs> Sit up on the dashboard. No, but he was in the passenger seat in this long way. Oh, I just love that. He Tom was such a good storyteller on anything, and the stories that he told about Archie were just the sweetest things.
4: They were so funny. Yes. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I, I think they a vein about bringing Archie down the Point Magoo. I, I, you know, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe on the bus he was going to go to the Reagan Library. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure about he's that. He's here. He's
1: there, He's everywhere. Archie yeah. the cat. Well, I also give Tom credit because this show went from three hours to four hours in October 2003, and. Uh, Tom and I always felt guilty that we we're signing off at 6 o'clock with people stranded on the quest to grade. Yeah. Not that we could get them home. Sure. But we just, and Tom and I sat down one day and said, why don't we do another hour? Yep. And he was on board.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was a, a... And
1: then he would zip out the door and speed home.
4: Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I remember... But he never um, got a ticket. Yeah. Well, I think he got pulled over a couple of times, but, the, the you know, the CHP officer sort of said, well, you next, slow it down there, yeah. Mr. He Manson. He talked
5: his way out of yeah,
4: it. That's right. He used his radio. anything you he want to was. say
1: in, in as we wrap this up?
5: Um, just, uh, like I said, uh, the opportunity to meet so many people in radio, and Tom was definitely one of those people from the very beginning, uh, and even on the front desk, made me feel very welcome. Uh, looked forward any time spending, uh, any time with Tom was a great time.
4: John. So many things that he has told me, and I think I said this on my Facebook posting are etched in my soul, and, and they really are. Um, so many things that he said. And I'll never forget them as long as I'm mm-hmm. I'm on this earth. It's so
1: nice of you to come in and share these thoughts. We appreciate it very much. Off Thanks, we go. Jared. We've got news and traffic and weather. Carl Beck is in the house. I would stick around. This is Hometown
0: Radio.